Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. After a very brief but extremely annoying hiatus, once again it's time for your bi-weekly Gitmo Nation publication. This is no agenda. Coming to you from the heart of Gitmo Nation East, yes, from New York City, the place so nice they named it twice. I'm Adam Curry. And from a place they only named once, thank goodness for that, Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Yaho! We've done it. We're on the Love air. That. It works. Not bad. Not bad for uh, for a uh, ho- for a hotel shot. Yeah, hey, a by hotel the way, shot, baby. Yeah. It's interesting. You have to listen to the beginning because you're you're uh, normally you have that that planned voiceover you do at the beginning, which oh, I think that- is pre-recorded, right? No, it's never pre-recorded. It's always live. Everything is live. That you even that thing at the beginning, and then this thing that you follow up with. Yeah, that's always live. Except I didn't write anything. Now I just did it off the cuff. Both are live all the time. Always. Huh. Always. It's always like this. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Yeah, you know, it's really live, and I know how to talk it up, so I talk into the donut, and it hits exactly when the voice guy comes on. It's uh, uh, no agenda. This is no agenda. And then I hit this one, and then I talk over that for a little bit. Oh, okay. Because normally, I I thought I've heard a a variation on the uh, gain. No, that's just me varying the gain. It's no, baby. Whatever. It's all live. It's all live. Sounded good. That's Thank what you. I'll Thank say. you very it much. It sounds like a slick. So apologies, uh, listeners, for uh, not one but two missed shows. Most of you probably know what's going on. I'll be very brief about it. Um, my wife and I are separated. Uh, we uh, She has asked for a divorce and uh, appropriate. And uh, there's not much more to say other than that, that is a very sad situation particularly because there is a third party involved being our 18-year-old daughter, and uh, it sucks ass. And you can uh, write about it in your memoirs. Yes, and uh, we did actually record uh, No Agenda 99 um, last week, and uh, it was horrible, so horrible and so just didn't feel right. And uh, even though you you warned me in the beginning, we, we didn't put it out. And, uh, Here's the question. This is the real dilemma. Uh-huh. Are we now doing, as we speak, no Agenda 100? No, this is no Agenda 99. I have destroyed the previous recording. It no longer no. exists anywhere. It's gone. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, uh, I had. Uh, so, so okay. So this coming Sunday will yes. be no Agenda 100. Correct. All right. Well, that's good. And hopefully, you, where are you going to be? You're going to be in. Uh, I will, I will be, uh, yes, I will be in Amsterdam and not in a hotel. So I will have a better connection. Yes, I will. And right now I'm New York, uh, in in New York for business. And that really is, uh, you know, just one more brief thing in these types of situations and separation and divorce is nothing new. It happens to a lot of people. It's, uh, it's very difficult when it happens after, you know, 22 years. Um, but what sucks is that invariably, one of the two parties, and often both, still have to go to the factory and still have to work because, you know, the chimney's got to keep smoking. Um, and uh, in this case, uh, this show is uh, part of my going to the factory. Um, uh, I have responsibility to over 60 families, if as it were. Uh, right. Well, you're media. getting docked pay for missing the last two. Uh, That's fine. I, I deserve it. And thanks for being so uh, uh, so nice. 
Only only Doc uh, pay for only two shows. That's really that's really kind of you, John. <laughs> Blow me. So the the big news. And I, ha- and, I, and I have caught up a little bit with the news. I was totally off the grid, like way off the grid. So yeah, what's the you know, big news? There was so, well, the big news. If we we're going to talk real big news, is Obama's it's, thing with his. Uh, you know, this apparently they can grab you off the street and throw you in jail forever without any habeas corpus or anything else. Oh but, Jesus! Tell me about this. I mean, it, it's, not, it's not like not, not like I wasn't this expecting to happen. Not like we haven't predicted it. But uh, honestly, and no bullshit, I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? Yeah, well, dude, a little preoccupied here. Yeah, I know, but you could at least, you know, pick up a paper once. Well, okay, go I to the blog, Dvorak.org, go to Dvorak.org, calm down, calm uh, down. Yeah. You don't need to belch on the air. This is not, not, <laughs> Sorry. You, you can calm down. Go to Dvorak.org slash blog and look at, and the thing that's interesting about this to me is that, uh, the one who went after Obama the hardest, especially in the MSNBC world, was Rachel Maddow. Oh, really? Who just laid into him to his bed. Well, if you want to call laid into him, but she gave him nothing grief for this. Uh, you know, he essentially gave a speech uh, that was condemning the uh, Bush administration for what it was doing at Gitmo and all the rest of it. And then they came up and he said, "This all crap, and we're going to do everything's going to be legal from now on." And so we, so they designed this thing called prolonged detention. Hold on, I'm 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 looking for it. I'm looking at Dvorak. Vote this May 24th, or just click on the search and cl- type in Maddow. Oh. We don't have a lot of Maddow references. M a d o w is that it? M a d d o w d d o w. Well, you're yeah. Sorry, we couldn't find anything to match your search. You put in M-A-D-D-O-W. No, no, I misspelled it. Obama outdoes Bush gets blasted by Maddow. Should we play this? Or is that it's not too it? long? It's like okay. really, it's seven, seven minutes, minutes and forty-two yeah. seconds to take up the whole show. All right, but well, tell me about it. But just essentially, uh, Obama gave this really interesting, kind of inspired speech, blasting the Bushies for all the stif- stuff they did, and then essentially uh, do- <laughs> announces the exact same plan <laughs> with a new name change. In this case, it's prolonged detention, which says that if we think that, and essentially, oh, you're, if you're an enemy combatant or suspected, or no, suspected actually, terrorist? the way he defined it could be anyone. They could mm-hmm. pick you up as you come into the country. And I'm already sense- here. <laughs> they let and me the, slip. Well, he's at the. <laughs> anyway, so uh, uh, it's 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 it, she described it as a, a pre-crime sort of oh, uh, like situation. thought like thought crime. Well, no pre-crime. The way you know that the the uh, uh, Minority Report movie. Yeah, but, but this but this is exactly what we discussed probably around episode number forty when all of this stuff came out about so, no, two. What, what you know what. What determines if you are a uh, an enemy of the state, essentially? And it right. was so freaking broad. And this was exactly what Bush did. Exactly what he did. So it's just it's the same stuff, different face, right? Yep. But anyway, you can watch that, and we'll talk about it on on Sunday on because okay. it's better to be talked about on the hundredth anniversary show because it really symbolizes a lot of things. But, but, I, I but can a, I just get a? Can I just say a? Yeah, you told me so. Who said that I wasn't on the bandwagon? Yeah, I know, but there's no one else on this show, so just I want to feel good for a minute. You, I told you so. Okay, good. Somehow that didn't work out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, so uh, the fascist state gets yet a little bit closer. Yeah, okay, so you missed that one. Now, here's yeah, another no, one. I, this I, was- I heard it. 
There's a good one floating around that I, I I wanted to do a little piece here since we get these you know our our adoring fans are looking for insights that they don't get any place else, and um, I want to do one before I get to the Korean story. Okay, Marino Dowd. Um, or Marine Dowd, sorry, not O'Dowd, Marine Dowd, got busted for uh, plagiarizing uh, in the New York Times. Who is Marine O'Dowd? Oh, she's a Marine, reporter. Marine, no, she's a columnist, Marine yeah. Dowd. Marine and she's Dowd. on TV, she's all over the place. Yeah. And uh, she got busted for plagiarizing, and I, I started looking into it, and I, and I have an explanation for what happened, and also uh, I find the whole situation amusing, because uh, just the same way that the Democrats are like, you know, saying that the prolonged uh, detention, which is the the uh, Obama version of George Bush te- uh, uh, initiative, and, and this, by okay. the way, this, by the way, is exactly what's going on in Gitmo Nation East in the United Kingdom. Exactly the same thing. So anyway, let's go to this. So Marine Dow lifted from uh, the Talking Points memo, uh, Josh Marshall's uh, blog blog word for word like a 40 40 i mean it's a long piece now i'm going to read you the uh the the original and i and i can say right into except to to they get to one pronoun it's exactly the same here's from josh josh marshall more and more the timeline is raising the question of why if the torture was to prevent terrorist attacks it seemed to happen mainly during the period when we were looking for what was essentially political information to justify the invasion of iraq Marine Dowd. More and more, the timeline is raising the question of why, if torture was to prevent terrorist attacks, it seemed to mainly happen during the period when the Bush crowd was looking for what was essentially political information to justify the invasion of Iraq. Every single word is identical, except we was swapped out for the Bush crowd. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. Now, the funny thing, there's two things that are interesting about this. One is that while well, everyone's jumping all over her for being a plagiarist, and she, by the way, blames the mistake on the fact that somebody sent her an email with oh. this quote in it, and she took from the email. In other words, she has a plagiarist friend who she plagiarized from. She didn't plagiarize directly from this. She took it from email, which is, is just beautiful. And, which is embarrassing, but the the kicker here is is that she obviously cut and pasted it because every comma is in exactly the same place. Now, what's what's unique to me is, and I've written for the New York Times, so I understand this, is that the only thing that was changed, and the New York Times is top heavy with editors and, was, and fact checkers and fact checkers, but they don't check for plagiarism; they check for facts, and uh, you know they don't have those you know those systems that the high school teachers use. Anyway, so. Um, What's interesting is nobody's brought up the fact that they she she threw in the Bush crowd, which was an obvious you know slanted slam. Nobody says anything about that being weird. But I realize that what happened here was that this thing went to copy edit and then went to the editors or the line edit and copy or whoever, and they found the word we. And the New York Times, I can assure you, from working with them, are really up. They just cannot take poorly referenced pronouns. We being they the pronoun just, in question. We. We. Who's we? It goes like yeah, this. It's like, who's oh, they? Is this John? Yeah. I'm reading this here. Let me read this to you. Uh, during the period when we were looking. Who's we? Oh, Is, who's that we? Yeah. Is that oh, you? Is that you? Were you looking? Were yeah. you and your friends looking? Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't me. Well, it's, I don't see who we is. You know, they figure that our readers are idiots, and most of them are. But there's, so they say, well, the, we, okay, we, the Bush crowd. Oh, okay. 
crowd. I like crowd. Even crowd is is sketchy. What is the bush crowd? It's a little sketchy. Well, you know, she probably this is what you do in the last minute for the edit. You got to come up with something because it was who specifically. Well, could you say the Bush administration or? Well. You could have, or you could have just said the government. There's a lot of things you could have said, but they swapped it out. You got the Bush crowd. So that, so essentially, I believe she probably just took the whole piece, whole cloth, and then ran it. Now, everybody's jumping on her for being a plagiarist, and she's coming with phony baloney excuses. Well, I saw it in an email. I did this. I did that. She's blaming a friend. And by the way, the irony here is that she's the one who exposed Joe Biden in 1987 as a plagiarist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. His um, it was a speech, right? Was it a stump speech stuff. or something? He's, yeah, 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 yeah right. I remember that. Oh shit, John, hold on one second. Don't move. I'm move. not moving. Yeah, I saw you move. Hold on. I'm squeezing my tea bags. Oops, did I say that? In fact, it's a it's true. Sorry about that. I'm actually no, I, having Thai. I'm I having Thai. What? Yeah. Are you having Thai food? Thai food, Thai food tea. Thai food tea. No, I have no tea here at the hotel. No, I promised uh, my daughter I'd always have my phone near me, and it was uh, in the uh, in the bathroom. So I just want to make sure I had it next to me. So anyway, let me finish this. Yes, please. So you're gonna do a cut in, or are you gonna cut that out? No, leave that. In. Are you kidding me, man? There's no agenda. Yeah, right. So anyway, here we go. <laughs> so here's what happened, in my opinion, as a production writer, someone who does a lot of writing, like, and she does. She's a columnist too. It goes like this. You're constantly looking for material. You're cutting and pasting and cutting and pasting. You're cutting and pasting for notes, and then you had then you write, you write, you write, and then you maybe cut and paste some stuff so you can use it for reference. And you go back and forth and back and forth. Every once in a while, by the way, this freaks me out. I am always freaked out about this. My wife has a solution to it, but it always scares me that I'm going to make this mistake. You run into a piece, a few sentences that are very interestingly written. That you think you may have written. Oh, and, and this does happen. It happens all the time. Yeah. So so I read this stuff going, did I write that? It sounds like me. It's pretty good. And then, <laughs> and then you... <laughs> and then you Said he with humility. I have, a, I have a piece that I wrote about UCSD Pascal about 25 years ago that got misattributed to some other writer. Mm-hmm. And now I've lost confidence in the fact that I'm pretty sure I wrote it. Mm. But if you look it up on the archives, it's got oh, somebody it's got else's else name. You know, we had something not too long ago with um, at our UK office, Matt Cuddle, who does uh, Games Weasel, um, you know, the Mevio right. show, yeah, the video game show, the gaming show, and uh, so he also writes a a blog version of it, which is kind of you know the way we operate. You got the video version, the blog version. We found out. That uh, a reporter for the Scotsman, which is uh, is actually a pretty respected uh, newspaper, uh, right? That the, this reporter had been plagiarizing every single one of his postings for like six months. Wow! Yeah, six months. And uh, you know, we, you know, uh, I can't. We didn't take him to court or anything like you that. You don't have but. to. What, did you bust them in the public uh, domain? You know, did you make a scene? I, did you say anything? Uh, hereby, hereby busted. No, we didn't. You know, they were hugely embarrassed and uh, hugely embarrassed. They were ripping the guy off. Yeah, well, it was That's a, beyond plagiarism. It, it was, and it was word for word. It was complete copy paste. And it, it was a freelancer and all this. And uh, you know, and actually, we turned it around. We said, you know what? Why don't you give us some fucking press, dude? You know, do something nice for us. And uh, you know, we, I know how these things go. I mean, there was no malicious intent. It was just poor. 
poor process, poor journalistic process on their part. But for the Scotsman, and I, which I don't read, um, I do believe it's a reasonably respectable paper. And they did do the honorable thing. And the, I think they did print something about it. And they fired her, uh, this columnist. So they took care of it. But uh, it happens, you know. And it's, it's how, how can you trace this stuff, particularly when you're working with freelancers? It's very difficult. So, yeah, I could be vindictive. And then we could go. You don't have to be vindictive. You just have to make a point of it. But I mean, anyway, this thing I think with Dowd was one of these deals. Now, my, you know, I am always worried that this is going to happen by accident. And uh, and I and I think that somebody working for the New York Times, if this actually happened to her by accident, it would be rather humiliating. You know, it's like, see, I can't keep track of what I'm doing. Was what you're saying to yourself, or the public announcement you'd have to make, Uh, which is the way it is, though. Now, my wife has an interesting technique because she's always worried that because we do a lot of books and we take, you know, like we just finished our spice book and you take recipes from here and there. And you Is that thing out yet? Is it available? No, no, it's, no Is, it, it's is not. it on the Kindle? It will be. Cool. So anyway, so you, you take, you know, the, you take like if you're, like you're looking for a definitive recipe. I've done this when I used to write about food uh, for like chimichurri sauce, for example. You, you take about 10 of these recipes and you put them in the thing and then you look at them and you kind of digest the basic theory and you come up with, you know, your version. The problem you always run into is that sometimes if you let these things set for a few months, you don't know if you wrote the thing about that you think is your version or not. She brings everything in when she does cut and paste like that in red or blue or green, so it's never in black. So oh, there's never a, a problem. One. It's a great idea because with the word you can you know you can color the text. That's a very good idea, and then that's kind of like a, a built-in protection. You can always go back and say, "Well, it was blue." If it was blue, then it was <laughs> it wasn't yours. If you wrote so, it, it blew no matter what, John. Aye. So anyway, yeah, that was good. <laughs> it's my Marine Dowd story. You can uh, make more. Hey, let later. me uh, let me hit you here. And now back to real news. I was uh, reading The Economist on the flight over to New York, and a little piece in the uh, – which I haven't picked up The Economist in a while, and they have these little uh, you know, story, the world this week, and they do politics and technology and business. And this one just tickled me pink because uh, it's kind of a food story. Britain's Court of Appeal ruled that, contrary to the argument of their maker, Procter & Gamble, Pringles contains enough potato to be defined as potato chips and therefore are not exempt from value-added tax. And I thought, thought, that's amazing. Here's Procter & Gamble actually trying to prove that there's no potatoes in their potato chips so that they can get some kind of tax break. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. Well, I like to ask the question is why would a Pringle without potatoes get away with a tax break and Pringles with a potato have to pay more taxes. Does that make any sense to anybody? Well, it it doesn't say it in the, in this little blurb, but I I presume it has something to do with agriculture or, you know, something like that. Doesn't that make sense? No. So they're taxing agriculture and not taxing. No, it's, it's value added tax. So that's VAT. So there's different, um, uh, different levels of value added tax for uh, food versus clothing versus chemicals, I presume. So something like that. I mean, it would be nice to know, and I, I, think, I think it certainly warrants it. warrants some de- some uh, detail. Yeah, for sure. But it just it's funny that you know here's a company who you know once you pop you can't stop Pringles Rock, right? That's they're the best potato chips around. But the maker of them actually is saying, well, there's no potatoes in there. <laughs> there's not enough potatoes to actually be called potato chips. 
It's actually a toy. <laughs> it's a floor wax and a dessert topping, but don't think it's a potato chip. Well, uh, people shouldn't be eating stuff like that. <laughs> no. Meanwhile, the bad local news here is that Monterey Foods, which is one of our top uh, vegetable places, and they sell, you know, I mean, you go there, you buy saps, you buy chain? truffles. Is that a chain? No, no, it's it? a place uh-huh. run by various people. And uh, and all the you know the Zuni Cafe chef shops there everybody all the top chefs from the area that run these you know fancy restaurants they go there to see what the latest crazy thing is that's in you know like seps and truffles and oyster mushrooms and abalone mushrooms yes, and yes. Uh, now that the, one of the founders is having a beef with his I guess the the other relatives or the kids or something and now that this thing may be over and ruined and out of business in the next month or two and I'm depressed hmm. more food news uh, this evening I had dinner with uh, with my partner Ron Bloom and one of our board of director members Jerry Newman have you ever met Jerry no oh, what a colorful you really need to meet him by the way he's in the office all the time very very colorful guy <laughs> And he's been with us from uh, with this company from day one. Also helped us with our with our previous company. Uh, he took us to Bar American. Have you ever heard of this restaurant in New York? Um, it's not ringing a bell. Oh, it's uh, oh, John. You need to eat at this place. First of all, the ambiance is just outrageous, and it is packed. It is very difficult to get a reservation. Uh, and I had ribs tonight. And oh my God, I, you know, I've never had your pork or ribs, and I know you do a pulled pork and you're into all that stuff, but uh, somehow I feel it just might rival. And I also had the, um, what's the, uh, what's the Atlanta onion? The, uh, is it Vidalis or? Vidalia. Vidalia, thank you. Vidalia, uh, onion soup, which was delicious. Oh. But Vidalia on- onions are interesting because you can actually eat them raw like an apple. Yeah, uh, and Ron, of course, is from Atlanta, so he knew all about them, and he said, oh, you, you have not lived until you've tasted Vidalia onion. And it was outstanding, I tell you. Well, next time I get a shot at it, I'll go there. What was the wine you had? Let's go. No no wine. Uh, dude, we're working. We're working hard. You know, got to clean. What time was dinner? Uh, 8 o'clock. What time was it over? Uh, 9.30. And you couldn't have had a glass of wine? No, no. We had a Pinot Noir at the hotel, and that was pretty much it. I, I'm, by the way, uh, I've been clean for almost two months now uh, when it comes to the uh, to the mojo. So, um, you know, I'm and, and I've been uh, going through quite an interesting process of cleaning out my system, which is just outrageous now that I see how long this crap actually stays in my body. Uh, it, it, it's been weeks and weeks, and I, and I can just feel everything streaming out. Sorry for the the visual there, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm good. I'm feeling good. So the, the lighter the clicks customer. you the lighter yeah. clicks you hear are uh, for tobacco only, and that of course is my final vice, and I'll get rid of that eventually too. It's a new me, and boy, I'm not funny. <laughs> so when I'm not baked, I'm not, and which of course is the, is one of the uh, one of the biggest fears of performers. You know, hey man, like now I'm not baked. You know, it, may, it just might not be good anymore. It's your head in there. Hey, so, thanks, pal. Uh, you know, and, you know, I, I'm sure Brooks will be more than happy to do the show with you. So the uh, well, while you're on the topic of Brooks, 
Well, <laughs> I, mean, no. I can't do this. You right are now. so late. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> so yeah, here yeah. we go. Now take. Uh, we got some clips. I want people to listen to, and I can go off with those. Okay. I want you to play. Uh, we got the Bobby. The, the, this, now I want you to play a Bobby Kennedy clip. Which let me explain what's going on for people who have not seen this. There is a um, uh, American Experience on PBS has a thing called the Kennedys or the Kennedys Experience or the Kennedys. I can't remember. But anyway, it was on last week, and I think it's going to be running for a while on and off. It is a must-watch. It talks okay. about the you know the the sketchy history of the family and everything in between. All the way back and, to to Joe when he was running booze. Yep. Oh, cool. And I think even before that. But anyway, the but there was a I I just was listening and listening. It was I was just riveted. I'm sorry, to he, he was running uh, moonshine, not drugs. Moonshine. You said booze, didn't you? And I said I think I said I don't know what I said. I'm I'm you not said booze. I'm not baked. Yes, booze. Mm-hmm. You remember he's going. So anyway, uh, so anyway, I, there's this one clip. This was the clip of his little speech before he got shot. But it was. It was like I was I've never really dissected this clip before, but I want you to listen to his words carefully. Now, just for the timeline, because I think a lot of our listeners, you know, um, certainly never heard of Bobby Kennedy. Yeah, you might you might just want to set that up a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know how much more I can set it up, but okay. let me see. Bobby Kennedy. (laughs) Gee, you're not typing into Wikipedia, are you? No, I'm just saying what day was shot so we get the date here. So uh, John uh, John was Kennedy in, was okay. John Kennedy was shot in says, uh, 62, 63, 63. 63. and this is sixty eight. Okay, so this was nineteen sixty eight. Bobby Kennedy. If you want to really me to set the whole thing up, this has got nothing to do with the clip, but I know you want to hear it. Which is there was a you know a, a anti war movement going on, and they were going to put in Eugene McCarthy to run against uh, Lyndon Johnson, and Kennedy didn't want to have anything to do with it. And then Lyndon Johnson said, "I'm not running for reelection." And then Kennedy jumps in at the last minute and pushes aside uh, Gene McCarthy, and then. Uh, you know, runs and then he gives, you know, he's making headway and then he gets shot, assassinated mysteriously, in my opinion, to this day. Uh, but this is beside the point. I just want you to listen to the speech because it's quite kind of interesting. If you listen to his words, I think he has a makes a kind of a verbal typo, but uh, it's it's funny to listen to it in uh, today's context. Here we go. Reporters and photographers gathered around the podium. Up to the speakers. What I think is quite clear is, is that we can work together in the last analysis, and that what has been going on within the United States over the period of the last three years, the divisions, the violence, the disenchantment with our society, the divisions, whether it's between blacks and whites, between the poor and the more affluent, or between age groups or on the war in Vietnam, that we can start to work together. We are a great country and a selfish country and a compassionate country. <laughs> and I intend to make that my basis for running and over the period of that. So did he say selfish country? That's what I heard. I heard selfish. Yeah, let's listen to that again. Hold on a second. Let's just check. Between age groups or on the war in Vietnam, that we can start to work together. We are a great country and a selfish country <laughs> and a compassionate yeah. country. And yeah, I intend it. to make that my basis for running and over the period of that. Well, that's, you know, Bush Bush was the king of this, you know, the king of these types of gaffes. And, of course, Rumsfeld, who at one point said, yeah, you know, the plane we shot down over Pennsylvania. Oh, I mean, <laughs> right. the one that crashed. Oops. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So I was highly amused by that because I'm watching this and I go, what? What? <laughs> Good catch. <laughs> yeah, so I had to put that one out. Selfish. Um, I also like I also like the poor and not so affluent. What's the difference? Yeah, <laughs> is that what he, I'm sorry I missed that one. Yeah, the check poor it out. and not what so affluent. What has been going on within the United States over the period of the last three years? The divisions, the violence, the disenchantment with our society, the divisions whether it's between blacks and whites, between the poor and the more affluent. Oh, more affluent. No, I'm more sorry. affluent. Yeah, my okay. mistake. My bad. All right, so I thought that was funny. Now, uh, another one, which is another clip that I got, which has a little, this, this is more of a local complaint since you know, I know I've, I've got to get to dominate the show. Yes, uh, for this so, time and this time only, enjoy. No, uh, there'll be other opportunities, I'm sure. So uh, I, I'm, I want you to play the stolen car. <laughs> and this, I, this is a personal, this is one of the reasons everybody should have their own pod show because you have personal grievances. I just want you to play. This is a clip from uh, one of the uh, TV stations, I think, in the uh, down in the Salinas Valley, uh, about a, a, a car ring that was. They've caught the guys, and then they got all the cars back. And then there's this story ran, and I my jaw was just hitting the floor. And I'll explain why after you listen to the clip. Added three more arrests over the weekend, bringing the total to more than 40. Three more cars were seized, adding up to more than 60 stolen cars off the streets. Plus, 33 guns were taken, along with a, a $1.4 million in drugs. And stolen car victims were able to reclaim their vehicles at the CHP's makeshift car lot today. A month ago, Maria Alejo had her 1994 Acura stolen from her driveway while she was finishing dinner. She had planned to buy a replacement car today when she saw a police photo in the newspaper that looked like her car. Um, it's just, I'm ecstatic because it's like, you know, um, the people that took this car, they don't know how hard it was for me and my daughter to, to come up with the money. You know, I'm a single parent, for me and my daughter to come up with the money and buy another, a second vehicle. The CHP will store the stolen cars for 30 days at a lot in San Martin. For more information, contact the CHP's Monterey office. A sign of economic confidence. Okay. All right, here's the deal. The CHP, the woman has a car stolen. It's reported stolen. The CHP has the car in their lot. Yeah, don't, she don't, has to don't, see it on TV. Yeah, don't they know that it's hers? Isn't it registered to her? Yes, it has a license plate. It ha and even a if VIN? the license plates were taken off, it would have a VIN, VIN number, number, which yeah. is peculiar and, to the car. And I presume that she had to um, had to prove that it was hers. So well, she, I would assume she, she, had she probably some did. I mean, I, what did they do? What did they do? <coughs> did the cops steal the cars from the thieves so they can auction wow. them off? Oh, it would not surprise me. Would not surprise me. Where is the me. news guys with this story? Why don't they ask this question? What are they saying? How come you had to what? see this guy? I'd be up. Oh, me. they found John, the cars. News Everything, guys? Excuse me, John. News guys? You presume there's still news guys? You mean journalists? Is that Or just news guys? I mean, please. I mean, what does it take to ask a simple question? Why is this woman woman having to see this thing on TV to go get her car when they should have called her immediately? Because you're probably right. Because be, it's, it's yeah, a freaking scam. And, you know, you can, by the way, you too can pick up vehicles really cheap at police auctions. Yeah, I guess you're not getting enough drug cars Well, anymore. I was going to say, I should go down there and say, hey, man, that was my weed, dude. That was my that was my weed. I saw a picture of it. It's exactly like my weed. I can prove it. Hmm. Anyway, I found it extremely annoying to watch was, that story. I was uh, in the car on the way to uh, to Heathrow, 
uh, Tuesday morning. And a real nice guy from Slovakia. I always like to talk to the drivers because, you know, find out where they're from. And um, he was, t- you know, we were talking about the uh, uh, the incredible traffic wardens in the United Kingdom. You need to turn down your speakers just a little bit, John, and give them a little bit of slap back. We're at what time? 43 minutes. Yes. You know, you hit it about the Have same time every week. Well, you know, that's when it starts to really 43? annoy me. Huh. And he t- he told me, because he told me the story where um, he had uh, he had he had the flu and he had been working for 12 hours. So he pulled over to the, you know, to, to the to the curb and he closed his eyes for like, you know, oh, he had taken some flu medicine. And he's like, I got a little drowsy. I didn't feel too good. So I pulled over and he closed his eyes for like 10 minutes and he wakes up and the warden is putting a ticket under his windshield. And, <laughs> and he's like, hey, dude, you know, like I could have passed out. I could have been dead. You know, didn't, why didn't you even attempt for a second to see if I was okay? No, instead you write a ticket. And then he proceeded to tell me that in the United Kingdom, these traffic wardens actually have an incentive, a bonus incentive structure for every ticket they write. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, indeed. And the UK is really screwed up. Oh, dude, it is so messed up. It really is. And and I don't know if, if any of the continuing saga of the uh, ministers of... You know, they the for the first time in 300 years, the Speaker of the House had to resign over this uh, expense. I mean, there was... Th- these ministers of Parliament were using government money to do things like have their moat cleaned? I mean, I love that one. Oh, excuse me. The taxpayers have to pay to, pay to clean my moat. Uh, everything from that down to, you know, a, a broken toilet seat. I mean, just outrageous. And the speaker, um, and the last time this happened was um, when actually they introduced freedom of the press, which is the irony is not is, is, is obvious. The speaker had to resign uh, because instead of going after these uh, these these bandits and making them resign, um, he went after the people who leaked the information to the press. I mean, the, yes, the UK massively screwed up, massively. Moat cleaned? Yes, moat. <laughs> I need my moat cleaned. Uh, you know, this, it's this whole thing with you know you're allowed to uh, to charge your secondary home in uh, near Parliament uh, to the taxpayer. Um, so you can still have a home in your constituency, and that's really what it what it's for. And there's all this trickery. People, you know, bought homes and then sold them to family members, and I mean, all kinds of crap. And it's just it it's minor in the scale of of what's really going on in Gitmo Nation and the New World Order. But it really and and props to the Daily Telegraph for uncovering all this and and really blowing it out because it has opened up the eyes of the public. And I you know until the next Amy Winehouse scandal, at least they're thinking about it. So there'll be something coming up shortly then. Oh, yeah. It's about time. It's about time. we got to get more celebrities. Amy Winehouse is not carrying her weight. No, she needs to step up to the plate. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Amy, what you doing, baby? We need more real news. God, what is her problem? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... Well, now, of course, we have... Uh, what's the... Uh... Oh, the reality show I've been following a little bit on the, here in the states of the of the, the 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 couple who have eight children and this is like their fifteenth season, and you know they have cameras. Oh, that in the kids uh, yeah yeah bedrooms. something makes it. Kate makes eight and oh jeez, and you know in CBS the whole morning. Oh, I mean 
There is some real stuff going on in the world, I've people. I've never what seen this show, but the more with? I hear about it, the more I'm thinking it's the worst thing ever put on television. No, no, no. That has to be the Real Housewives of New Jersey. That has to be the worst thing on television. Oh, That's i got to see that, on, too. On Bravo. You have to watch it. New episode every Tuesday at 10. What's uh, it called? Kate Makes Eight or something like that? Yeah. Kate Eight? So, sounds, yeah, I think that's it. But anyway, so her sister... John and Kate plus eight. Yeah, her sister and brother-in-law were on CBS this morning saying, you know, this is abuse. These children are being abused. They have no safe home, which of course is true. But in show business, that's okay, you know? It's entertainment. Yeah, baby. We love it. It is so vapid and empty. Thank God for shows like this. Well, we do our part. Yeah, we, we do we, our part. Who's we? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the Bush crowd. <laughs> we always refers to the Bush crowd. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. This is No Agenda. We are the Bush crowd. It is we. Sorry, I finally got some jingles to play, so. Yeah, I'm noticing. <laughs> well, we got we got to work them in. Yeah. Okay, so here's okay, I'm going to do Third another clip. Uh, Third clip. I'm going to kill some more time here good. another. Good, good, good. Irk, Third clip. some story. Mm-hmm. Again, this is more of a reflection of uh, the news media than anything else. Oh, by the way, so I ran besides before I get to that, I ran into Steve Gilmore today. Of the Gilmore gang. Yeah, you know, Steve, I, 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 for some reason, I really get along with this guy. I've, I've always liked Steve. He's a, actually a very funny person. Yeah, I used, I used to like him, too, until he turned, until he turned into a total <laughs> yeah, well, dick. I still like him. A total anyway, dick. So, anyway, he uh, he mentioned something to me today, which I ended up putting on Tech 5, and I, and I realized, that, yeah, I went over to the Google Developers Conference, where I was literally thrown out, because I didn't register like, by like 9 physic- a.m. Like physically thrown out? No, like- no I, I walked out after they wouldn't let me in, but there's. I, I made a fuss and got somebody in trouble. No, wait, yeah. did, they, did security have to escort you to the no, door, Mr. Dvorak? Yeah. It would have been that. Stuck <laughs> wait a minute, stop, stop. I want to hear, before you get into this Gilmore thing, what happened? I want to know. I, I'm, I'm doing Cranky Geeks, and I've got uh, uh, Jim Louder back and uh, From Ray Spiegelman on the show, today's show. You should, out there, should watch it. So it's actually one of our better shows is quite funny because uh, Sebastian Rupley mentioned that we have 125 years of tech reporting to, amongst the four of us, which of course I said means that the show is going to be terrible. So um, it was a good show, but anyway. So Needleman says, "Yeah, I went over to the Google Developers and says any good?" He says, eh, you know, it's, it's, "It's not bad." And so as we were leaving, I'm heading back to the parking lot, and he's uh, says, "Why don't you come over to the thing?" He says, "You can get in." I said, "I don't have my, you know, I'm not going to be able to get in." Your press I pass. But I went back in. I went in there and I, you know, I went to the press thing and it, and I found what, what I thought. And I'm, I'm still good, probably going to write this up somewhere eventually. I found it to be like the, the entire, uh, just a bunch of sh- very sheepish, oh God, you know, you didn't, you know, the, the registration ended at 9 a.m. and we were not accepting any more media and we can't do this, we can't do that. And let me call somebody, let me call somebody, but, but, let me call somebody. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't, this, what, isn't this a media based event or is it purely for no, developers? No, the, no, no there's, I'll tell you every media guy in the world was there including steve gilmore yeah. but, but the, no it's but, but, uh, but, but, but what do they have to do they, they they need time to check you i mean do they have to do a background check i mean what what is the point there's no point okay it's just the somebody's made it a rule here's the point somebody made a rule and everybody's following it okay to the so, letter. so who did you get in trouble 
a woman named, well, I don't know if she's how much, she maybe actually get a promotion. It was a woman <laughs> named Megan Hughes, who everybody deferred to. And so, you know, we got well, to gotta talk to Megan. Me- Megan's the only one I who could talk to Megan. This. She, like, snubbed me when I was there, and she wouldn't even talk to me. So, Jeez. you know, it's because of this show. She's probably an Obama bot. She doesn't even know who anybody is, and she doesn't listen to the show. So, uh, I mean, it's obvious. But anyway, so then I, I made a fuss to some of people who supervise her, and then they, they apologized to me and said they can come tomorrow. Oh, but, I, but of course you're not going to go. I might, because there's a keynote in the morning I might check out. But it's okay. beside the point. Whether I, it's going to be a convenience thing. Well, by the, the way, point is, is we're, that, doing, we're doing this on Wednesday evening, just an FYI. Right. So anyway, the, but the point is what I was observing, in fact, I was talking to Gilmore about this, was the, was this bureau, weird little bureaucracy bureaucratic like this buzzing that was going around with people nobody can make a decision nobody could just say okay get in get out of here you know get out of my face they were just wasting a bunch of time on this trying to find somebody else who could make a decision nobody would make a decision and i was thinking oh my god is this what this company is devolving into one of those all 20 somethings by the way Mm. devolving into one of these decisions they can't make a decision they can't think for themselves they all they are just little robots i just i was very concerned well, about that's it the story the way, right there then that's the story that Who, is the story yeah. i mean how how deep has this kind of cancer gone into the company Ugh. you have to wonder when you start seeing stuff like that i mean this is you know it's not it's not rocket science to like you know figure out what your job is and to do it correctly yeah, but this, this is what happens with big companies who hire quick and explode and this is very normal and it'll hurt them somewhere somehow oh yeah no, I think so too, and that's what. I, but I was like, just totally fascinated. I was just watching this. I was thinking, oh my god, this is ridiculous. So anyway, uh, so Gilmore went, who went to an earlier session, mentioned that that HTML5 has got a new tag in it. The blink uh, is back. No, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be funny? I didn't even know HTML5 was coming out. Didn't we lock that shit down with three uh, or whatever? Uh, you guess not. <laughs> I like the Blink thing. I don't think the Blink's ever left. Um, not every browser recognizes I'm going to check it out. I'm going to start blinking my headlines on the uh, on the blog. Blink. I, I remember back in the day, man. Boy, did we overuse you that. Blink, that <laughs> blink thing, everything. Yeah. I loved Blink. <laughs> So, okay, so uh, what 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 is what is back? What is happening? They're adding a, the new tag. So now you just like an href for a JPEG or a ping or a GIF. GIF. An MP4 or any sort of video file, which huh. means you don't need to use Flash anymore to put fi- video on your blog or any place well, else. Well, that. that's not true because you know M- MP4 is still a container. No, I'm it's not, not saying just MP4, but it's all the video. No, so there's a video. Guy. There's a video tag now. Yeah, like href. You know, it's basically. Huh. It does, I don't even know if it's any more complicated than just the same, like a very similar tag well, to the to the photo tag. You, you, just, could, you, know, you could always do embed. You could always do a, a tag. That's for a, a lot video different file. than the browser doing it. You couldn't embed. You had to. No, embed the browser. It. The browser still has to fire up a player. Just, just in like, this case, it's in the browser. That's the point. Oh, so this, nothing's this is, getting fired up. So is this is this an IETF standard? This HTML5? How does that work? Uh, well, I'm just finding Mr. out now. Mr. Tech journalist getting thrown out of conferences. Well, you know, you're trouble, Dvorak. You're nothing but trouble. That'd have been better, you know, than just you know, uh, you're nothing casual. But, you're nothing I'm but sorry, trouble. but the nine o'clock deadline was not met. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> it's like immigrations. 
<laughs> These are the people that will be ruling the world, in, let's say, about will be. 25 years. Well, actually, they are now, they are unfortunately. Now. <laughs> can't get in. So, All right, you got an ABC uh, News clip here to roll. Okay, well, first let me read a story that it's underreported. Under, it showed up on the blog as underreported news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gasparini actually found it, and uh, I don't know why he sent, he sent it to me, and then I posted it for him for some unknown reason. Underreported news. Ask yourself why you have to read this stuff on a blog. Okay, now this is a whole story. You can go to the blog and look up North Korea, and you can get this whole thing. And I, I'm just going to read this part of the excerpt. Apparently, North Korea has irked at the United States because there's a bunch of countries ganging up on them, they think. So I'm going to read you from the article. North, North, the North's anger was, and this is halfway through the article. The North's anger was provoked by the South's decision to join a U.S.-led international security initiative established after the September 11th attacks to stop the spread of weapons of mass destruction. "Quote: Those who have provoked us will face unimaginable merciless punishment." Unquote. Said the military. Says a military statement of the official Korean Central News Agency blaming Washington for the latest turn of events. The PSI, which is this, this protective group. Services of, Inc. Yeah. Which now groups 95 nations provides for the stopping of vessels to ensure they are not carrying weapons of mass destruction or the components to make them the South. Have you ever, have you ever looked at the definition of weapons of mass destruction? It's about yeah. as broad as uh, terrorism. Yeah, yeah. Right. A, a automatic weapon. Yeah. Grouped in there. Anyway, back to the quotes from the Koreans. It's getting better. Any tiny, any tiny hostile acts against our republic, including the stopping and searching of our peaceful vessels, will face an immediate and strong military strike in response, the North Korean statement said. It said its military would no longer, and here's the kicker, quote, it said it said its military would, quote, no longer be bound by the 1953 armistice that ended the Korean War in which the United States fought on the side of the South because Washington has drawn its puppet soul into the PSI. With no binding ceasefire, it said, quote, the Korean Peninsula will go back to a state of war. Wow. And, of course, they've they've launched uh, three nukes by now. They've done three nuke tests, haven't they? Yeah, they've been doing a bunch of stuff. So, uh, But meanwhile, they say they're going to restart the Korean War if this goes any further. Now, who is is they in this case? Is that uh, Kim Jong-il? Kim Jong-il's crowd. (laughs) Oh, that crowd. They're no good. So, now, so well, how do you think, now, with this kind of threat going on, uh, that the Korean War might crank up again, which seems, you know, like it's something you might want to report. You know what that is? You might want to report on this. Here's today's uh, ABC News with Charlie Gibson, and here's the way the story is presented to the American public. By the way, Charlie is uh, a news guy. In case you were wondering, he is a news guy. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton said today that North Korea's recent military moves, including an underground nuclear test this week, were provocative and belligerent actions, <laughs> and she warned the North it will face consequences. Meanwhile, the North threatened a military response if the U.S. or South Korea tries to search North Korean ships for equipment needed for its nuclear program. That's it. Jeez. That's it. <laughs> It's kind of a matter of fact, like a couple of lines. Let's leave out some of the more interesting parts and move on. Well, hold on. Someone someone sent me a uh, a link because I guess maybe it's the same report. Um, 
in a ten minute clip, and I, I haven't pulled it. One of our uh, one of our listeners slash producer sent it to me. Uh, former ambassador Donald Gregg is in that report. Uh, I'm just seeing the email now, so I'll have to pull that for Sunday's show because, of course, my uncle uh, Uncle Don Gregg is the president of the Korea Society, and uh, he is. Uh, I can I think I can just safely say it. He is heavily involved in any talks between the Koreans, North and South. Uh, and the United States. And uh, I know from my private conversation with him, uh, he has said continuously that there is a severe underestimation of the culture of the Koreans, in particular the North Koreans, uh, and you do not want to mess with them has always been his message to me. So I'm going to I'm going to dive into that, and uh, I'm going to try tomorrow to get a hold. He may even be in Korea for all I know. I'm going to see if I can get a hold of him to see if we can get some inside uh, inside scoop because this is, you know, and I'm surprised we're not seeing more of him. Um, well, the, you know, there's somebody they're just they're downplaying this and it's bug, bugging me and it's yeah. uh, the uh, Koreans do have a culture that 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 has to win. I mean, they you, they're diff- you do business with them a different way. Yeah. Uh, you always negotiate in such a way that they have to always feel they won. And, yeah, uh, yeah, they have to, you know, very much like most, a lot of Asian countries, they have to save face, etc. A lot of but stuff the like Koreans that. have the little idiosyncrasies that are different than the rest of them because they've always been attacked. And um, so, some, anyway, so this is not a minor thing, but it seems to be, if you listen to our news, there's not yeah. much, uh, you know. But, you know, Charles Gibson, as I said, he is a true news guy, you know. So, well, he reads teleprompter as well as our president. Well, I think he well he reads it a little better because he can actually read it into the camera, <laughs> <laughs> whereas the president can't seem to do that. He can't pull that trick off, which is not that hard. So anyway, so I was a little upset by that. Meanwhile, they, they are emphasizing, and the, and the same news stories cut right to the Pakistan situation. And it seems to me as though, almost as though the government is like said, okay, you news guys, we're, we're going to have to do something about Pakistan because these idiots over there, this Pakistani army, can't handle anything. And I, and I should have this news clip, but I don't have it. But essentially they went, and because I, I thought they were going to downplay a lot of this, but no, they actually over, went over the top with the Pakistan story. First, describing the fact that the in uh, Lahore, where they had this bombing that killed 20, 30 people, they had uh, looked like they were targeting the ISI offices, which is the uh, the security, essentially the CIA of Pakistan. It, it is, uh, yes, CIA. Yeah. And they uh, the and they are credited with actually creating, uh, with our help, the Taliban in the first place, and the Taliban, you know, was then let to rule. Afghanistan, and now that we've rousted them, I guess we're I guess we're getting pretty good at getting the Taliban out of Afghanistan enough so that they're in Pakistan attacking to take over the whole place. Yeah, well, we, we gave it, we gave them their playbook. You know, we taught them. So, so they're in Pakistan and causing trouble. And every time you turn around, oh no, we got them backed off, or you know, they're going And then they, then the Taliban, when they want to cease fire, they say, okay, we're going to go back to the, we're going to, we're going to stop doing this. We're going to stop doing this, really. And it looks like one of those American wrestling matches from the sixties <laughs> like, or seventies. Psych. psych. <laughs> yeah, where the guy said, no, 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 don't hit me, don't hit me, don't hit me, and then he and gives whack. it to one of one of the guy. So um, we laugh, but but we're real, really not happy. Well, the the Taliban situation there, so it looks as though, and the report had this interesting, it had some editorializing in it that I thought was a little telling, and I hate to use that word because it's a code word, but it was telling, and what it told me 
was that something's up. And it went, it went something like this. First, he gave the report to you know, this one guy on the ground. He actually had a foreign correspondent, believe it or not, there. You know, not some guy standing in front of a you know, green, green screen, screen. Or whatever. We're in the hotel. Uh, and he said that uh, the Amer- he says the Americans were praising uh, the, the Pakistani army for pushing back the Taliban, but then there's this commentary that was that nobody thinks the Pakistani army has enough on the ball, as it were, to uh, to do more than one or two fronts. And now that they're, you know these these some other groups, I guess some of these jihadist groups that aren't necessarily Taliban are attacking here and there within the country. You know, uh, it, they may be more than they can handle. And it was put presented in such a way that it was like. Oh, okay. So that means we're going to have to go there next. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Well, no, but you know, we're not. We're well, not we going. are because if they got a bombs and the Taliban gets hold of one of those things, no, we're, we're gonna... not. We're not, John, because all we're doing is we're sending troops to secure the poppy fields in Afghanistan to keep the drugs flowing. Well, there may be some truth to that, but it doesn't mean we're going to put up with some Taliban. He's getting a hold of the. Well, you show me. You show me. We got no troops there. We got no movement. There's no plans. There's well, no they contingency. Don't... And, and Obama, if you have it, don't remember, he mentioned this when he was running for office about having to go into Pakistan. Yeah, but we're not. He's geared up for it. We're not. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, they said that about Vietnam. We're not going into Cambodia. No, he's not even saying we're not. It's just we're not. We are. Yeah. What? We're not. We're not into going into Pakistan. We are going. We're going to have people on the ground in Pakistan. Has that been announced? No. I'm just no, telling you. I can not. see this coming down Broadway. No, we're not. India's going to go in there and take over the whole country and kill everybody. That's not going to happen. Okay. Well, mark now, this all down. I'm saying is that this is a serious mess. Yeah. All right, what is the most popular weed these days? Increasing in popularity by leaps and bounds. Now selling for $9 a pound at uh, specialty supermarkets. Dandelion? Yes, correct. According to the Wall Street Journal. Interesting. I only say that because my wife has gotten involved in making dandelion honey and dandelion wine and dandelion syrup. Is this a yuppie thing? Uh, she's not a yuppie. No, no, no. But is this a yuppie thing? Where's this research? Where's I have this no idea. I didn't know until you mentioned this story. I just took a wild guess. I didn't know that this was going on. I thought so my I, wife was just doing something. Maybe no, she man, started dandelion five edge, years dude. ago. No, she's on the cutting edge. Well, she's a visionary. Well, she's got a spice book coming out. On a recent Saturday, Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. interior designer Morgan Green stopped at a produce stand and picked up some dandelion greens. $9 a pound, no problem, says Mr. Green. These are as good as yuppie green as you can get. There you go. There's yuppie. Um, yeah. Hey, you can go come out check out my lawn, dudes. <laughs> the dandelion. No, no, because if you don't follow the organic rules, you can get arrested for growing dandelions illegally and incorrectly. The dandelion, perhaps the most common weed of them all, is seeing a huge surge in sales at grocery stores. Other long-scorned scorned greens making the leap to the dinner table include... Uh, purslane. I don't know what that is. Purslane. It's a uh, yeah. I've seen it. I don't know if it's a type of parsley or something like that. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Lamb's quarters. <sighs> and uh, well, this one I know about. Stinging nettles, of course, in the Second World War, 
Uh, it was very typical to make uh, nettle soup and uh, all kinds of. Uh, yeah, if you cook them, the stinging goes away. Yeah, and and that's actually it's it's kind of tasty. You throw a couple of rocks in there, and it's and you got yourself a meal. I'm telling you. Mm, rocks and nettles. That's you know, when I was a kid. That's all we had. <laughs> we used to make that at school in uh, in Holland. You know, and, and they talk about what do you the mean second rocks. Yeah. Well, rock soup. Sure, man. Yeah. So you throw in rocks and some uh, stinging nettles. And, that, and they said, and this is what we used to eat in the war, kids. You chew the rocks or you no, just no, what? No, no, you no. Just, you just put it in there for flavor. <laughs> flavor. <laughs> it's the flavor crystals. <laughs> What a, what is the world coming to? <laughs> Holy! I'm not sure how much nutrition you get from a boiled rock. <laughs> it that, was for taste. The in, that's what I'm saying. How do you even get any <laughs> taste out of them? Now, I, the in, you know the Indians up in uh, the Haidas up in I'm further sorry, up north. It just kills me. <laughs> what? It's funny. So the Haidas <laughs> used to take in that one of these. So they have these. Um, they they cook soup in a. Uh, they they have a cedar box that's that's watertight. These things cost a fortune to buy, and uh, you find them on Vancouver Island. Uh, so you get by the cedar box, and then they and then they put the liquids and whatever food you're going to cook in them, and then they they take some rocks that are kept in like on top of the hottest coals imaginable, so the rocks are just like you know red hot. Yeah. And then you drop them in the box, huh. and it boils the water, and it's actually kind of an interesting way of cooking. Probably safer than sous vide. Yes, let's not go into that again. No one responded to that, of course. No one gives a crap. Well, you know, they, I'm going to still uh, go. Yeah, no, no, you should. You should. I, I think you're not a, getting it's off. A, the it's top. a health and safety issue that is large. Nobody cares about because it it's not being covered by the I major do. media. Um, and one of our producers, Alistair, sent me uh, some aviation news, and it struck me. He, I don't even know if he caught it because he was uh, hit the title of his email is uh, bloody l stick to your 182 rg which is the type of aircraft i have uh you'll recall the uh and we went into some reasonable detail about the turkish airways uh crash near schiphol airport so he sends me this article um the uh uk faa the aaib the aircraft accident investigation board uh released a final report on a uh, an incident with a Boeing 737-300, uh, and this is from September 2007. So just listen to the facts, and then and then it'll probably strike you. The Boeing 737-300 was on approach to Bournemouth Airport, which is in southern uh, England. It's uh, an international airport, but not like Heathrow or Gatwick, following a routine passenger flight from Faro, Portugal. Early in the ILS, that's the instrument landing system, approach, the auto throttle disengaged with the thrust levers in the idle thrust position. The disengagement was neither commanded nor recognized by the crew, and the thrust levers remained at idle throughout the approach. Because the aircraft was fully configured for landing, the airspeed decayed rapidly to a value below that appropriate for the approach. The commander took control and initiated a go-around. During the go-around, the aircraft pitched up excessively. Flight crew attempts to reduce the aircraft's pitch were largely ineffective. The aircraft reached a maximum pitch of 44 degrees nose up, and the indicated airspeed reduced to 82 knots. That's like, you know, three knots before stalling and crashing and falling, flying like a brick. The flight crew, however, were able to recover control of the aircraft and complete a subsequent approach and landing at Bournemouth without further incident. Um, 
This was exactly what happened with Turkish Airways. Although it was blamed on an altimeter, this is exactly the same scenario. However, this is a 737-300, and it was two years ago, and it was a 400 series that happened um, outside of the Netherlands. Exact same scenario. Uh, throttle went to uh, to idle. The crew didn't notice it in the Turkish Airways incident, which, by the way, still is very, very cloudy as to what happened and i'm saying whoa can anyone please pull these two together see the similarities and maybe call a significant issue with the boeing 737s well somebody should yeah just a little bit of aviation news i know it doesn't yeah it doesn't sound right doesn't doesn't it doesn't sound like oh i've i've stumbled upon something huge but in the world of aviation no no i mean huge. no it doesn't this sound this huge. whole thing it, i believe that there's yeah, i mean there's software issues with a lot of these planes and you know there's different things that go on and it's like you know people make mistakes but but to have these two mistakes happen on very similar aircraft and yeah know, it makes makes you think there's a, there's a subsystem that's faulty yes Yes, well, there's or some procedure or something. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, a well, it could be one of those things. They always have this problem. They had this with that. There's a there was a good book that came out about fifteen twenty years ago, called uh, it was called Software Dangers of Software or something like that. I'm going to have to dig it up. I do have it still in the library. I'll I'll, I'll find it in the next month or two. <laughs> and uh, well, what can I say? Yeah. And uh, but it, it talked about. Um, the different kinds of catastrophes that have happened over the years, and one of them was a famous one. I think it was turned into a TV show, where some guy got onto a you know behind there was some some radiation piece of radiation gear that you to irradiate you for some you know medical reason, and uh, if you put in a if you apparently. It only happened once in a while, but somebody went into the thing, and instead of going at the very low amount, they they basically roasted Blasted. the guy yeah. in the thing. Yeah. Oh, and then they tried to figure out well, how that happened, and then they could never figure it out, and they figured the the, the the guy using the system had screwed up, and they fired him, and it was a big deal. Then it happened that. again one other time, and then some software guy who knew what he was doing found that a series of you know mistakes, in other words, what had happened was instead of putting in the exact number, and then hitting the button to go where you'd get that number. Apparently, if you put in a different number, then you wanted to erase it, and you hit the backspace key two or three or four times, uh, and then yeah. you put it in again, and then maybe backspaced again. That w- it never erased anything. The backspace key didn't work right. And so they just added more and more juice to this thing, and yeah. it turned out to be a software problem. And this is the kind of thing that, you know, you have the one series of it. You study the exact procedure that you went through which yeah, most you, of the time you, you can't even, do and you, then you can replicate it and it keeps on happening right but it's always some software thing this is the reason we I, should I, probably I've, I've always been very you know um i've always flown enstrom helicopters which uh, have uh, the best safety record of all helicopters never a single uh i don't think there's ever been a single fatality ever in an enstrom helicopter but i also got into eurocopters for a while um until i um you know, and, and there's a lot of auto, not really automation, but a lot of the systems are controlled by a computer in the Eurocopter. And uh, I saw it boot once. I was like, "Uh oh, it's Windows." I'm not too confident about <laughs> flying this thing anymore. I do yeah. not like I, it. <laughs> I would not fly it. Anything, no, you know the joke about what if uh, what if your car runs on Windows or the analogy of yeah. A, a there's car. a whole series of gags for yeah. about a year. There was a million gags like that. Yeah. Ugh. Hey, uh, maybe a perfect time, uh, 
John, to uh, bring up uh, something we haven't talked about in at least a week since we were off air. Oh. And that's yeah, another we- one for the Armory. So we did, we do need to get some people. A lot of people, since we bailed out for a week, have have like dropped Stop. their subscription. Yeah. They hate us. They're, they dropped the actual. Run. They've canceled their, uh, their their donation subscription. Yeah. Well, yeah. rightly so, I guess. I mean, I, I understand it. You know, it's minor crisis got, in my family. A couple of, there's a few of them. There's like uh, I can name names, but I won't. No, you don't have to shame them. But there's a bunch of them. Uh, we, and, we, appre- uh, we forgive you, and we appreciate everything. I'm you've a little done disappointed by one guy, though. Then again, maybe they could transfer their two dollar one to a twenty four dollar a year one's better. Uh, so we're gonna. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I've got the big list of people with the fifteen hundred dollars and and screwball numbers. I'm gonna run on on our hundredth show, and I don't have them for today. But I do want to encourage people to. Uh, we're gonna be doing the show again. On track every week, twice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe we can do a bonus show somewhere. And, uh, <coughs> but generally, I don't see a problem again because we've done, I mean, the only time that it's only in like dire emergencies where we don't do the show. I think we have a lot of material that we're backed up on. Uh, and we'll catch up. But if you help and, us out, and this and this wasn't even it wasn't like a dire emergency. It was like I was ill, you know, and, and I was literally ill. So you know what happens? With, and yeah, I know you keep saying an evergreen, but it, I don't believe in evergreen shows because it's like that's like lame. You know, it's like either we're current or we're not. You know, I'm sorry. I think the Evergreen show would be great, especially if it was in the can for a long time. And so did you hear about what Ed Kennedy said? <laughs> no, it's just not good. Well, there's a couple of things that we haven't touched on which are pretty big, and I, I would like to hear your analysis of it. Number one, of course, with the uh, big in the news the, uh, in the United States, at least California gay union ban upheld. Anything you yeah. want to talk about there? Yeah, well, I mean, I it. I mean, I was expecting that. Uh, everybody's all bent out of shape. The gays are, are taking are doing the wrong thing as usual. The reason it got passed in the first place was because it was passed as a uh, not not the world's greatest law. And then everybody went to court, and then they with activist judges. And I'm kind of interested in the fact that the liberals are the one that keeps talking about activist judges, or somebody does. But these activist judges have you know decided that well, no, we we think that you know. Whatever the state, the population of California thinks, uh, we don't care. We're going to do how you know whatever. So they decided to overturn the thing, and a whole bunch of people got married. And then they came up with uh, I don't know who it was, but a bunch of different religious people mostly came up with uh, Proposition Eight. And then, unfortunately, they found that or the idiot mayor from San Francisco is probably going to be president of the United States someday. Mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom. He fits the profile. Was uh, yeah. Uh, kind of a treat Williams lookalike type guy who's uh, he's, he's a handsome man. Yeah, totally. And he, uh, you know, he's been around. Which he had a few babes, so he uh, got on the podium. And said, you can't do nothing about it now. You guys, you top too bad. Yeah, hey, you and he gays. He started writing the people who had voted in the law in the first place and had it then had thrown out, and he was like. He was like throwing it in everybody's face that, you know, you, the people of the state of California, whatever you think you can do, you can't because we can out, you know, outperform you in court. So you're screwed. And he just went on and on like that. And I honestly believe that because people are so offended by that, 
A, because Californians do have, we do pass all kinds of laws. The public passes laws. That's what we do with it. We have referendums. And we, isn't, and isn't, it, I, isn't it referenda? Whatever. I don't know. But anyway, whatever the case is, we have these, this process where we can pass laws by the public. They're trying to get that overturned, by the way. They're trying to get rid of it because it's well, getting to be a problem. Of course. You know, heaven forbid there's actually a democracy. democracy. Oh, please. Let's stop that in its tracks. That's no good. So, uh, so the Californians, I think, were annoyed by this this kind of taunting. A, so they, you know, a lot of people voted for it, and then the Obama campaign, which was uh, extremely, if you didn't notice, he won, but he brought out a lot of the black voters, and many of them are religious, and they don't like the idea of gay marriage in any way, and so they, so the Obama vote probably was the what that pushed it over the top, and now they're going right back to the courts again. Instead, that what they, should, if they really want to get this done, well, I don't should, get it. If if you have a referendum. And it's isn't that just like final? When is is, is it ever final? This is like the freaking well, Lisbon Treaty. Is it ever final? When is it just it's done? Al- it's, it's always final. They just have to sue over it being unconstitutional uh. or something like that, which they found the first one was 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 vague and crummy. But they they wrote the second one, this Prop Eight, pretty ironclad, and that's why the Supreme Court said, "Hey, you're on your own. We can't do anything." What they should do, of course, is try to find a, do another uh, another uh, referendum, referendum on the other side if they wanted win this war that they've they've created for themselves now that said a friend of mine's over watching boxing and he brought up an interesting point says why are all the liberals in particular and and the gays specifically want marriage as opposed to uh civil unions when marriage is really something that's biblical yeah well we've been been through this because civil unions are legal right yeah, and the thing, well, not in California. I mean, civil unions between uh, same sex has to be passed too. But you could get that. But the gays say, no, we don't want civil unions. Period. We want marriage. Well, it, why don't we? Do, the real problem, the, the way he sees it, is this: is that the state of California or the local civil, you know, all these, we should just take marriage out of the picture. You know, I, I, I am all for gay marriage because I really, really, really. I don't have a problem with it either. But wait, let's but, get but, back but to no, the point. but no, but let me finish my point. I really want everybody, every man, woman, whether you're gay, straight, transgendered, bisexual, homosexual, I want you to go through divorce as well. Please, you should have that right. Yeah, you deserve a, that right. Yeah, you are, that, that Californians have gone through that gag a million times already. Okay, so let's go back to this idea. Get rid of marriage as a civil anything it shouldn't even be on the books if you want to get have a civil union you want to like you want to run off with your girlfriend and go to city hall you don't get married you get a civil, civil union right union. there you sign it on the spot you want to get married it's a, it's a religious thing go to church yeah go to a church and get married and it would be up to the churches to say this marriage is okay that one's yeah. okay i mean there's and plenty isn't there of supposed to be that, separation of church and state isn't that the whole deal and marriage it should be a church thing so you can get married and have a civil union and, you have and a civil otherwise union go to another married. church that does allow it and there will be plenty. Mm. But they, there's something else at work here because the whole thing is just nobody wants to do anything easy. Nobody wants to, you know, it's almost like, you know, somebody. People have nothing better to do, John. They got nothing better to do. And by the way, look at the well, signs. They, They're professionally made. These are professional print jobs. Yeah, no, I agree. That's, you know, the whole that, thing that's always, flip. that's always, you got to watch out for that shit when you see professional signs. Uh, we forgot to mention it's uh, Dvorak.org slash NA or NoAgendaLibrary.com. Uh, you know, th- th- what's going to keep this show alive, and especially now that uh, I'll be needing some extra income. 
<laughs> now, it's not that funny. Um, uh, there's news that we bring to you way ahead of of anything that uh, that shows up in print, and I just want to refer again to the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, we told you this when the PPIP plan was announced. Uh, the website was up. We looked at it. We uh, we uh, we uncovered the total scam that it really is of just a way to get all the toxic assets off of the books of banks. It's known as the PPIP. And so today, a headline on money and investing, uh, that's section C1 of the Wall Street Journal, uh, the industry, banking industry, uh, uh, lobbies the FDIC to let some buy toxic assets with taxpayer a- aid from their own banks. Exactly what we told you was going to happen. They're taking your taxpayer money. They're going to buy up their own assets really cheap to get it off their books and still own it. And and you and you will own eighty uh, percent of the crap. And you will own almost nothing of the upside. You, the taxpayer. You know, the taxpayer bunch. And there it is, in black and white, in the paper. Like some big discovery from the Wall Street Journal. Big discovery, guys. I also looked at uh, the reporting, as promised, uh, in May, recovery.gov. Well, it's going to take me a month to figure out these reports. As simple as the website was, now the reporting is out. Oh, yeah, oi, gewalt. It's impossible to understand what they're actually reporting, other than a lot of money is going to a lot of teachers. Well, you want to get the teachers on your side so you can, you know, push yeah. your uh, yeah. yeah agenda. Push your exactly push your uh, stupefying agenda. And June seventeenth coming up very soon. I'm still tracking that date. Very significant. You should know what it is, Mister Dvorak. I'm sorry. What's the date again? Uh, June 17th is the sentencing date for Bernard Madoff. Oh, that should be good for a laugh. Well, uh, and you know, and I just want to reiterate my prediction that there will be no sentencing. There will be an international financial court, a banker's court, and it will have to go to the banker's court. And once they start having some kind of influence over law when it comes to finance and banking, they will actually start to become law. And yeah, I like will. your theory, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to get – they're not going to the, – the public is not going to allow your scenario to actually take place. Oh, please, John. They were, they were allowing the banks to <coughs> – forget about it. Don't get me started. You know, this whole Madoff thing – Now, this whole Madoff thing, here's the scam, okay? $50 billion. So, and, of course, that's the big question. Where'd the money go? $50 billion, So take a million dollars – then so a million dollars. Imagine what a million dollars looks like in paper. Now multiply that by a thousand, so it's a thousand million, and then fifty times that. So I have my own thoughts where that money went to. I personally believe it went into uh, Israel. It's uh, been put into weapons, probably to kill Arabs or something like that. But when you really think about the scam, a lot of the investors were insured against losses in that money. What company insures those types of losses? Don't even answer. I'll give you the answer. It's AIG. AIG was bailed out by us, the taxpayer. It's a hustle. It's a big <laughs> hustle. And, and, and someone's laughing. Oh, and by the way, everyone got paid off with bonuses. Billions of dollars of bonuses. And it's all coming up. It's all coming up, and you're all going to go. Oh, 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 Amy Winehouse is more important. Uh, and what's that song? What's a, let's watch the show with those eight children. That's is really is cool. this your new voice? Yeah, that's that's my idiot idiot voice. 
which of course pre- does not include any of our producer listeners who are on the ball and smart. But propagate this information, please. Tell people how we're being hustled and scammed. It's just yeah. saddening. Well, it's sad that we're not on that side of the fence, so we don't have to talk about it. We can just be sipping champagne in Paris. And we could. You know, that is a choice. Both of us could make it any and at any time, by the way, John. There's plenty of hustle to get to get into. I mean, we can we can still participate in all this. But no, we choose for what is righteous. We're righteous dudes, man. Yeah, dude, and we're not even baked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then finally, because we are nearing uh, our allotted time, want to talk about the uh, nominee for uh, Supreme Court? I don't think. Uh, we, yes, uh, I don't think we talk yeah. about. It we can save that. We can save that. It's still boiling away. You know, we well, can talk about. There's a lot of controversy uh, surrounding. Well, my favorite nominee. controversy is the uh, Joe Biden comments when they ha- when they picked uh, uh, Clarence uh, Thomas, and he said, "Yeah, why would they pick a you know person? He's obviously picked because it's it's a you know a, a publicity stunt. I get a black man. If he was white, he said this. If he was white, they wouldn't have picked him." <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, does anyone remember the Anita Hill? scandal do you think any or, or are our listeners even old enough to remember the clarence no, thomas I, Anita Hill? Don't, no yeah, I, that was a clip uh, google the this big Goog- hair on the coke can <laughs> yes and yes. google long dong silver if you want to laugh <laughs> if you want to laugh and that is what is on our supreme court you know a a, 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 a harassing pubic hair coke pudding long dong silver porn watching dude Turns out to be if you ever see him on a talk show or, or being uh, uh, interviewed, he's a he's a great guy. Well, of course, he watches porn. He's <laughs> got to be a good guy. <laughs> I'm not against him. I'm just saying. I said that was bull. You you don't but think that was true? You don't think that harassment thing was? I I, I thought the, the evidence was pretty freaking compelling. Personally. I don't know. I I was skeptical. The whole thing looked like too much of a setup, and that woman was a bit much. I don't that, know. I, I, that, I'm skeptical of that whole thing. That woman. Uh, Anita Hill. And, you know, that, that's pretty that sexist. That woman. You know what, John? That, I have to call that as pretty sexist. You know, when, whenever a woman has what a parent or comes with what should be a legitimate complaint about sexual harassment. It comes up a little late in the game. You well, know, the timing, years the timing and years and years after the fact, you come out and you say all this stuff. It's just a little sketchy to me, unless the guy's like a you know a serial killer and somebody says, well, that, and you, you start to put two and two together because all these people come out of the woodwork with John, new information. John, but this one of these like, days, and it'll take five or six years, but I will eventually have to come out and tell you, tell the tell the people that you touch me inappropriately. I mean, when yeah, it's, when what, it's, this is what I'm talking about. This is the kind when, of thing when that, it benefits that me, goes I will on. bring it out. Yeah, you got to save that stuff, man, until you get a lawyer who's really going to help you. End of the question is, what would be inappropriate for you anyway? That's that is how vile you actually are. <laughs> All right. Hey. All right. Well, we've just about Enough filled it that. up. Yeah, just about filled it. I think we stop while we're still ahead. I don't know. We ever got ahead. So um, I'm going back to uh, Gitmo Nation East to Europe, uh, and Thursday I come out to San Francisco for an entire month. The timing, could, some- the timing could not be worse. Where are you? What's your fly? What what airport you're flying out of when you come back? Well, maybe I shouldn't mention that because you know now that uh, I can be well, okay, a terrorist. Okay, don't mention it off the air. But I, I want you to pick some stuff up for me at duty free. 
Oh sure, no, I'd, I'd I'd be happy to. But it's it's a massive bummer because this is exactly not when I want to be away from my daughter. So that sucks. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and by the way, thank I want to thank everybody for sending me uh, beautiful emails and encouragement, not judgmental one way or the other. That's highly appreciated. And anyone who has experience in in, uh, in my situation, uh, particularly uh, as as regards uh, children, I, I mean I I would love to hear. Hear your experiences. I, I I definitely need help. And we do have the No Agenda forums. Where people are, are chiming in. No, Go no, to no Agenda, agenda forums. Forum. Dot com. Yeah. Dot com. Isn't and there also, a, a wiki? Isn't there a No Agenda wiki? Dot com. I don't know. Well? There might be. We we on the hundredth show we're going to have to t- plug all these guys. I mean, we still have Cage Match, and Bubba still does his thing, and we can't let leave him behind. And right. uh, we have right. a lot of people. And don't forget to go to the No Agenda uh, Library. Dot com or Dvorak. Dot org slash na and help us out so we can keep the show going. So we should do something really special for uh, episode number one hundred. Like uh, actually do an episode. Uh, prepare. Yeah, please. Stop. Well, just get some jingles up. That'll be good enough. Everyone, that's all people really want. They to really hear. want the jingles. Okay, for for the one hundred. Uh, I'll tell you what. You get the website up, <laughs> and I'll put the jingles there. Yeah. Okay. Where's the well, website, get, man? Where's the website? Number two hundred. We'll have something for you guys. All right. Uh, time for me to go to bed. It's uh, it's uh, past midnight here in uh, in New York. So coming to you from uh, I should just say at the lovely Empire Hotel in New York City, Gitmo Nation East. It's not bad. Two hundred twenty bucks a night. Fantastic special promotion. My name's Adam Curry. You should be comped. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you on Sunday for episode number one hundred of No Agenda. <laughs>